Welcome back to the Theory of Three, everybody. And I think we're going to be talking a little bit about downtime. Uh, it's something we all have to experience uh, when you're creating a business or working in any any industry. Um, Except Gary Vee. Yeah. You know. Well, it's like it's like you go to Instagram, and we have a couple friends. Not going to mention who. You know who you are. And you'll go out. You'll you'll have a dinner or something. You come back and wearing different clothes, something along those lines. And they take multiple pictures, and they they post those pictures. Uh, you know, throughout the next, you know, coming weeks, and uh, it kind of makes it look like they're busy or they're having a better life than what. Which, which you know. what social media all it was just all about. That <coughs> yeah, that's what it's all about. We're guilty of the exact same thing. Yeah, but I think not really. Oh yeah, <laughs> posting old content. Come on, bro. Well, yeah, but we're posting content as it's as a portfolio, not just something as. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, but, yeah, beside that, like, I mean, the entire downtime concept of just learning to not only be able to, to keep yourself productive while you're jumping from project to project, but, I mean, everybody knows the high that you get after coming off of a set, and, yeah, you know, everything's exciting. You, you've... It's pretty much an, uh, a morphing, you know, adrenaline rush for, for filmmakers, specifically to go from a project into another project, like back to back to back. And then you, you know, you get done with the project or an extremely busy, like, you know, nine days and you just want to crash, right? You crash for like two days, 48 hours. And as soon as those 48 hours pop up, you wake up the third day and you're like, oh God, I've got nothing, you know? And you feel that like big onset of like, you know, reality and depression hit yeah, you. It's the fight for the next yep. thing. Yep, and that and, and to some of us and for some of us, it could be longer than a week. It could be longer than two weeks, three weeks. It could yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, it depends yeah. on like just um, your work schedule. There will always be dry spells. Well, I think right now is like what is today, June third, um, two thousand nineteen, and we are waiting on how many pieces right now? Four. And that's kind of why we're saying the downtime because like it's it's I I would say arguably it would be some of our, our best work to date, and it's just sitting there. Mm -hmm. You know, and we want to post it. We want to share with people what we've done. We want to get it out ourselves, you know. Um, but there are just a lot of things that are being tied up right now, um, which is a good thing because the more time, the better. But it definitely doesn't ease my conscience to saying, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> Especially if you're running a business. Yeah. Um, and there's things that just, like, you need to get yep. done. But, like, what Philip was saying and segueing into what he was saying was the patience part of it saying, you know what? Things will pan out when they do release. They will get released, or everything will be okay at the end. So you've always got that like psychological uh, moment where you think you have to be doing exactly what everybody else is doing, which is on Instagram because that's what you're on is social media. Where everybody's posting stuff They're like, "Oh, I'm doing this today," and they did that, you know, weeks ago. And you think you need to be doing something every single day, um, which you need to be doing something. You every do, single day, but, but you're not going to be doing the good stuff every single day. There's there's going to be more losses than there are wins in the beginning. True. So. True. True. Very true. Yeah, but yeah, for anyway, it, like outside of that though, just, you know, for those that are that are listening that have that exact same sort of experience, like I would just highly encourage you guys to um, you know, just stay focused with what you guys are trying to accomplish just business-wise and long-term goals because long-term goals really are pretty much the only like offset that keeps you focused because when, if you're just jumping from project to project, I mean, it's it's like it's absolutely frustrating, and it can be very uh, detrimental to like your overall, you know, just attitude and, and, and like emotional state. 
So, um, you know, having those long-term goals saying like, hey, this is what I'm going to accomplish. This is what I'm going to do by this date. I'm going to have this many followers by this date. I'm going to do everything in my power to reach those goals. It's just, it, it's something that, I mean, I know it's helped me in a lot of places, just being able to focus on what I'm going to accomplish and then what's going to happen company-wise instead of being fixed on like every single step. So you kind of have to learn a balance, you know, because we've all, I've grown up with you know blue-collar family where it says like the only way to succeed in life is like put your you know head down and like take one step in front of the other. And that's just how you, you know, accomplish yeah, baby steps. And Shout just out to, uh, yeah. <laughs> what about Bob? Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the, I think one of the hilarious, oh, God, like one, one of the movie. first films that I ever like sunk into my brain and I don't want to go around a rabbit trail. That was like one of the first films that like got into my brain because I feel like we had a joke about like it was family friendly was, was mm. where the joke was like, it was uh, uh, our music teacher um, that introduces the, the to the movie and like what about Bob it was like the first film that yeah that's hilarious <laughs> it was such a good film yeah um, but yeah I mean just learn to balance your baby steps with like your long term goals and you know you'll it's, be fine. it's about the macro not the micro yep. but, but yeah talking about being on set which cracks me up um, is I, I was seeing a post in a uh, Facebook page that we follow um, and they were talking about a DIT first AC oh God. <laughs> and sound sound guy and it was mostly about the DIT and the first AC and we had a call, we had a call with our produce one of our uh, companies here in St. Louis we were on the phone call with him and our first AC pipes up and goes hey uh, am I doing DIT on this shoot and that was like wait a minute what wait what and he and the and the company goes no 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 we got enough you know it was all taken care of on their their end but it got me thinking about this whole idea that the industry is about this whole DIT first AC thing and even the sound guy. Like, well, hilarious that people start pulling separate jobs. Like, my, my qualm is, and I'm a gaffer and I'm willing to say this, but you'll spend, what, 2000 on me for myself, a couple grips, or maybe probably way more on bigger shoots, um, and gear and all that stuff, but you'll spend little on the first AC and not get a separate DIT. My thing is like, I've seen where a DIT has deleted a whole day of footage. We've had that happen on a feature, dude. We've had that on a feature. Like a whole day uh, and, and it was like, we could have, what? And it was like, it, it got me thinking, um, it got it, on that end, but even on this Facebook group, like it was like, where, where do people draw the lines? Like first AC, if you don't get anything in po focus, like you might as well just throw everything down the trash. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't, if you don't have good sound, throw it down the trash. Like we've seen videos on YouTube that have gotten six million, twelve million views that have horrible lighting, a horrible camera, but it's all about the story. Like the story is good, mm -hmm. like it's interesting. The video is interesting, but it, it has to be in focus, and the audio has to be good, or people will stop watching. Mm -hmm. Like the, there's a reason why people put so much emphasis on that. Like there is, but then you have everything looks beautiful. Let's say you spent ten thousand on a or twenty thousand on a production, and that's super small. Um, but you spend that, and then you have the first AC, which is already doing a super important job, do DIT work, and he's like, and he and and, and he messes up, and he messes once. up. <laughs> that dude and, needs to be paid. And you, and you so much more. And you spend you, instead of spending. 400 to 500 bucks on a DIT that's dedicated to getting your footage, the thing that you've spent 20,000 on to from the card to the hard drive and backed up, dude, like there, there are so many things that could screw yeah. up there and you're literally putting yeah. it in the hands of someone that's already done something super important on set. You're buying that, insurance. That's, that's what it's it is. Just, it's yeah. unbelievable mm -hmm. that people that don't understand that. Yeah, because I mean, the, 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 the crucial part about losing footage, no matter how you do it, I mean, you're putting that responsibility in the hands of somebody that already has a very large responsibility on set. So, mm -hmm. 
It, I, let's go with the theory that you did just have a first AC, which we've done this. We, oh, we've been in this hey, situation. I mean, we're accused as much as anybody yeah. else. But. I mean, yeah, the pot calling the kettle black here. But, mm -hmm. like, I mean, what ends up happening is, like, do do have we ever run into the situation where they pay the actual first AC more to do both? I've seen, I've seen that happen, but I've also seen where it was, like, super minimum. Like I mean, it was like a hundred bucks more. <laughs> yeah, it was like a hundred or one hundred fifty bucks more to yeah. like have someone do that. But that's the thing is like if you have someone that, that's dedicated and it just grinds my gears. The people that are on set that, that are just super undervalued in my opinion: sound guy, first AC, DIT, and those are the most three important things. You know, you can spend two grand on a good camera package and good lenses, and then a DP on top of that. And if you don't have a, someone that's taking that car to a, a hard drive backing it up, that someone will form out a car and you've just screwed. Half of your yeah. day or oh, a whole day. I mean, and that's another thing too. As as a DP, you're gonna have to make the decision, and you're gonna have to obviously learn this as you go forward. But like, lighting and camera issues or mistakes within film, they're they're literally that. They're must. They're mistakes. They're things you're going to learn from. Yep. But you know, your DIT, your footage, <laughs> like, like that's a, that's like, something you don't like, ever want to learn. That's from. not a mistake era. Uh, like that's a place you cannot. Yeah, give you don't for you don't want to walk away from a uh, a shoot with Ford and go. You know what, guys? We probably should have hired a DIT guy. You know, or we should have hired that first AC. That That's was shocking. Gonna, that, that was going like, to be good. larger companies, a lot larger production companies we've worked with that don't understand that. Well, right? in some sense, and it's more of people. They hire other people, and they don't. And they're like, no, 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 we can get away with it. And the company's like, great, we can save more money. You know, great. But then you have a production company like us. They're like, no. We're like, we're not coming yeah. on set without a, a good first AC, someone that we worked with, yep. and a DIT that's going to get your footage. Like, I'm not going to shoot all day, and I'm not going to light all day and make some of the best footage that we've ever made. Or the best just stuff to have it accidentally. And, just, yeah. yeah. And it's not so much like the company's like, well, I don't want to spend 400 bucks. Like, dude, they are insurance. I don't care if someone's like, they are solely responsible if the footage gets lost, like, deleted, nope. corrupted. All that shit. Like, that's the person that you turn to if something happens on set. They are the most important person on set. And that's why, the, you know, it's it's unbelievable to me why. <laughs> yeah. You know what cracks me up, though, is that I've been, we've, like, even recently, we've uh, started working with this uh, production company who, I mean, I brought up the whole concept of, like, you know, are we going to have to, you know, do offloads, DIT, where are we going to have that operated at? I mean, who's doing it? And um, their response was like, oh, no. Don't worry about it. We have enough cards that we don't ever have to like go back. We just have a DIT dump at the end of the day. What? What? Like, I, it kind of makes me laugh because that's pretty much how you know they used to do it back in film. I mean, they just did a roll and that was it. You didn't do DIT. You just you know yeah, you just packed marked up the, the roll, marked it. Yeah, and, marked it and yeah. went on. Um, but yeah, that was one of my things. Is like was getting on me for this week was like, why is this not something that's brought up like i don't it's just it's it's mind-boggling yeah there's a there's a facebook page that i even follow that has um at the very top you can you know basically like what role do you do and there's like 96 different roles they have and um at the very top there's pas there was like 1200 pas or something sure. like that there was like six to seven hundred dps there was mm. like 900 directors there's a lot of producers and if you keep scrolling down and you go <laughs> all the way to the bottom they were two dits they're literally the bottom it was dit two you click over the hover of the thing and well it just dude says it's two hard people. to find it's hard to be a yeah. niche person especially if you're oh, a small yeah. market yeah and, like if you're you in a small market like even from where we're from in st louis like if you're just a dit and that's all you do i mean that's you're pretty much saying like hey I don't want money. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will get it whenever yeah, it happens. Yeah, you have to you know? either be a first, second AC, or yeah. and a and a and a DIT, or a, a you have to, first you have AC to, and a DIT. You have to have a lot of split. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
You have a swing a lot of ways. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Oh, news. Local news. Well, not really local news, but more <laughs> like film-oriented news. Film news. Um, Netflix. So, obviously, I don't want to get too you know political about this, which is going to be extremely hard to do. very political. Oh, boy. Um, but Netflix, uh, roughly July 1st of 2017, um, I came back across an article which has been brought up multiple times over the last week. Um it, the article basically broke down Netflix's debt levels, and in July first of twenty seventeen, they were twenty billion in debt. Tw- twenty billion. Well, that's the number that we hit last week. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know? twenty billion in debt. Mm. And mm. yeah. Anyway, I so I did a little bit more research, and I looked up the here locally the, like somewhere in March and it was roughly like 14.5 something like that well they just upped their that I mean yeah th- them upping their their account you know fees you know what their user fees I should say yeah. it's like yeah. for I think it's like what fourteen dollars now per month 14? 14 I think it sounds about right I don't I don't use 14. Netflix so all those Netflixers out there you know <laughs> all those Netflixers um, <laughs> we've named them yeah. no but um, anyway th- this all revolves around the whole conversation about the abortion laws everything that is happening in, in Georgia the major com- one of the most major conversations in the film world right well, now well I, I feel like a lot of people aren't up to date on it because like we were talking to a couple friends of ours and they're like wait a minute we, I was about to move to Georgia is that what they're really saying and like Disney Sony Netflix like a ton of these big companies have been saying stuff like, hey, we're not going to be filming in Georgia. And that's huge. That's, that's a huge, huge thing. Well, yeah. You know? yeah, it's not only that, but uh, the state of California, now quote me on this one, but I do believe it's true, um, put out a, an issue saying they're going to uh, uh, apply tax incentives to any production no. yeah. outside of any state uh, yeah. that supports abortion. Dude, or, I'm going to go to California and go, hey, I was forced out of my state. <laughs> I need that tax incentive now, <laughs> or just give me all the locations for free. Yep. Like, how many states are gonna? How many people are gonna go to California and go? All right, I was from an abort. I was gonna film in Louisiana. No, you weren't. That's not even in the city. You need deserts, and you were gonna film in in uh, Louisiana. No, we were gonna make sets. We changed in, the we were, story. Yeah, man. we were gonna we make we were gonna story. make sets in in Louisiana for desert, and they're like, oh yeah, come on in. What gets me? How much of debt is California? Oh, they're massive. They, how are, like how are, how it's segueing to bigger debt here. Yeah, how are we? It's like unbelievable. I don't think that in some sense, like the people that listen to podcasts, especially for myself, when I hear someone that's like eight or like, what was it? Uh, 14 billion in debt. Like that just seems like it, it seems big, but it seems super small compared to like the U.S. debt, which is like what? 36 trillion. And it's like, geez. It's unbelievable. Don't quote me on that thirty-six trillion. It was an analogy, but it's in the trillions. I know that. Let me check. Um, Um, So this is from the California State Department. They, (laughs) California is in a sinkhole. (laughs) Is a sinkhole state without enough assets to cover its debt. California only has one hundred one billion of assets available to pay its bills, totaling three hundred and nine sixty-nine point nine billion. Yeah. You know what gets me though? In, in that, the U.S. is twenty-two trillion dollars. Twenty-two in debt. trillion in debt. You know what? You also, talk. I don't want to segue too much from what you were originally talking about, but the California in itself, you have, which is one of the biggest companies, Amazon, that just moved to uh, San, San Diego. San, uh, I think or it was San, San Francisco. San Francisco, San Diego, San somewhere in there. Yeah, San Francisco. Um, yeah. It's hard to keep up with all this stuff. Um, but in that sense, like, they just moved there, and they were going to give them, like, three years' worth of tax incentives. Like, yeah. last year, Amazon didn't pay any tax. 
at all. And that's because they chose not to. Yeah. No, the, the state of no, California. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. The yeah, they gave California them tax incentive. They gave, yeah. well, tax incentives, my ass. It was tax cuts. Like, they yeah. weren't, weren't going to pay, like, taxes for this many years. They were going to pay them this much to move there. Like, I think New York was, uh, I think New York lost Amazon last week. Com like, o over, like, tax things and stuff like that, which yeah. cracked me up. Well, it's funny because I, I just searched Amazon. Uh, Amazon's moved to, San, uh, to San Diego, and the first thing that pops up is move today as low as eleven ninety nine. They're trying to move people into San Diego because everybody's moved out. Yeah, dude. The, the, the cost of living's so high. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's an ad. And there's like just ads and ads and ads of. What gets me ugh. is in, in some sense going back to Netflix. I don't want to get too far off that, but. Yeah, Netflix in and of itself, like yeah, Netflix being that much in debt, like basically what the conversation is being had right now spans between like three different things. The argument behind the whole you know uh, abortion ban that's happened in Georgia has created like a massive uprising within the film industry because pretty much everybody is up in up in arms. Yeah. Um, whether you're on you know whether you're pro-choice or pro-life, like both sides are you know up in arms because of it. Well, you have um, pro-choice women that are saying, "I understand what you're doing, but I also understand that you're going to hurt the business or you're going to hurt our lives." Yeah. Because you're taking film jobs away, and I'm going to have to uproot. Everything that I've like planted. the one woman that basically talked about yeah. how she moved her entire family and she's been chasing the film industry because that's pretty much what that's you what have you have to do. To do. Like yeah. not, you yeah, have she, to be smart. Not yeah. like and she was pro-choice too. She's <laughs> yeah. just like, look, like you're about to screw so many different lives because of this thing, um, and you know. But basically, uh, the the other major half of this argument that has been brought up um, specifically spans around the. Um, uh, Game of Thrones actress uh, Sophie Turner. Uh, she's yeah. engaged to. Uh, she's not engaged. One of the Jonas. She's married. Oh, is she married already? Married, I don't even know. Yeah. Okay. Um, but That's yeah. how much that we keep up with the Kardashians. <laughs> yeah. When we say Kardashians, <laughs> we mean every celebrity. Um, yeah, but basically, she said, you know, she made a statement that's very similar to a lot of. I think Jessica Chastain was another one that saying, was the like, one that I was yeah, talking about. yeah, um, she, they wouldn't work in Georgia um, or do any of the films. Blah 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 blah. Uh, because yeah, they of wouldn't it. shoot anything. In uh, and a lot of people, even pro-choicers, are bringing this up, basically saying like, "Hey, uh, the hypocrisy that's coming out of not only actors in the in the acting world, but also you know from Netflix and specifically um, uh, Disney, because over the last year they have filmed. I mean, th their biggest films right now were all filmed in countries that have no like it, abortion is completely a ba like banned." Yeah. And not only that, yep. but also in those three countries, there are they have the strictest uh, yeah. like uh, homosexual laws, and they are the most homophobic in the entire world. Um, to yeah. the point where the, which guy is the a, uh, UAE? Like it's like you can be actually executed. Um, I don't quote me on that, but I believe it's one of the countries I specifically read that they filmed in um, that they would they execute. You know. Um, uh, uh, you know, gays in that general. Um, and it's it's shocking that, you know, with all of this, like, oh, well, we're not going to film here because uh, this one state banned abortion on this level, and here are the statistics behind it, when they themselves have been operating in countries, entire countries, mind you, not states, entire countries where there are like the most highest level of, all the way to the highest level of government, is it completely, it's, it's completely banned. Yeah. Um, and in my personal opinion, obviously, I, I, you know, if you haven't figured this out on my end, I'm completely, you know, 
Like, I think it's completely hypocritical that they're saying this. But even specifically for Sophie Turner, I mean, they filmed, you know, all of Game of Thrones, most, primarily a lot most of, of it in Ireland. Ireland, Ireland yeah. completely, like, abortion ban. That yep. was a huge thing that happened in 2018, 2017 to 2018, that whole vote that they took that happened over there. Yeah. Um, you know, and so... In, this, that, in that same interview that you were talking about, they were they asked her that same question. Yep, yep. And she said, uh, she said she was glad that Game of Thrones was done filming. Which got to me, it was well, like, like what does that, that mean? Oh, you just, so you, you were got, just in it for the money. You or just you got just, your money, and now you're just saying that you... Now you're, you're willing to yeah. stand up. Because I, if you were really a believer of this whole concept, yeah. you would have stood up during the middle of it and said, like, well, I'm not going to do the film anymore. Yeah. Did someone, did someone look up, is she, does she have a... Uh, She's. A, in, uh, I know that she was engaged to one of the Jonas Brothers. No, it's, yeah, but, uh, it's, um, does she I have just, a U.S. citizenship? No, I don't know. Oh, Maybe a visa. But she's um, she's from the UK. Let me look. Yeah, she's from the UK. I think she does. I swear to God, she does have a US citizenship. Um, uh, so Ireland is now they just passed it in the Act twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. But its abortion is permitted in Ireland. Oh really? Mm-hmm. During the first twelve. Joe years. Jonas. That's it. Yeah. That's it's not, it. It's not Nick. Yeah. Yeah. But it Joe. only it only started commencing on the first of January this year. First of January. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so they were doing it before, and every other previous season. Yep, yep. But every was, season, but that's that. HBO. Yeah, yeah. But you it still what? doesn't matter. That, She's standing up and saying this on her personal. I mean, obviously, her only reason uh, behind it was the contract. The, the The point is, no matter what happens, and no matter what, what actually what happens, I honestly don't care what happens with Netflix or or like you know Disney. I mean, if they end up moving, I mean, like okay, whoopie do. Where are you going next? Like, I mean, pretty much people are going to chase it either way. But it is going to hurt Georgia's economy, although, in my opinion, I don't actually think it's going to, like, I don't, I don't think they're going to fall through with it. Um, I mean, like, it's, it's the same kind of people that said, like, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to leave the country if Trump gets, you know, elected and nothing happened. They're still uh, here. They're still here. I mean, it's, like, that whole concept behind, you know, what's, what's going on. I mean, granted, I understand making political statements. I completely understand you know, going on marches and, you know, doing protests. I mean, there's so many different things you can do um, to stand up for, you know, political activism. But, you know, at the same time, you have to think logically. I mean, the people that are in the state that voted for this, that ended up putting it through the House and through the Senate, and they ended up making it a law. Um, I mean, they're not trying to actually, I mean, they're not trying to make this an issue. I don't think they've ever thought about like, oh, well, look at the repercussions that's going to happen out of this. Is that, that, that's not, I've heard people bring that up. It's like, oh, they did this intentionally. No, they didn't. They didn't do anything of this intentionally. I think no matter whether you're pro-choice or, or pro-life, um, I, I have to admit that I don't think there's any way, any way that you can look at this and suggest that, you know, this has gone really political. It is very political. I mean, it's a big <laughs> subject because think about it. We've even had the conversation ourselves about moving to Atlanta. We've talked about this specifically, and we like, like you said, Curtis. I mean, there are people who are asking us, like, well, hey, like, we're, what's going on? We've been under, you know, been under a rock. Where should we be moving? Yeah. And it's it's one of those kind of kind of conversations that you know, as the like, I believe her first name was Paula or something, the the, the lady that was interviewed. Um, about how they've been moving her family around. I don't remember I her actual name. name. I, I'm just going to call her Paula for this sake. Um, but Paula basically said um, that, you know, she had moved her family, was it six or seven times? And three or four times. Yeah. Three or four times. And she had finally settled all of them. And that means her her parents as well in Georgia um, to because they, they work in the film industry. And she said... I'm, I'm pro-choice, but this entire concept of where you have to abandon everything because you disagree with somebody, like... It, it, 
she's like it's it's not it's not responsible and it's not being mature whatsoever yeah um and she's like on a financial level i mean you're pretty much abandoning one of the most flourishing parts of the united states right now for film just because you disagree with somebody's opinion yeah and you know um there are you know i mean as like for people that are pro-choice there are literally you know 50 other states that you know there you go there's abortions there um, that are, you know, um, completely okay with it. And, you know, this entire process of saying, like, hey, well, you know, we're just going to throw in the towel because all of this is happening. It's just creating a lot of rift. And it's pretty much, every time I open up Facebook, it's my entire so it is. feed is yeah. filled with that. Social um, media in general. So, yeah, if, if any of you have, like, any opinions on this, I'd be curious to see, like, what you think, you know, whether, you know, when it comes to the um, Georgia specifically um, abortion ban, um, like, what do you guys think? How do you think they could have handled it better? Uh, more importantly, how do you think Netflix and Disney should actually approach this realistically? Not like as a teenager saying, well, you know, you took away my privilege. I'm just going to, you know, um, yeah. how, how should, how should that all go down? So, um, yeah, moving on from the, 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 the political sad, yeah, yeah, uh, to movies. Yeah. So what cracks me up, you haven't seen the, uh, uh, Season three of True Detective. I have not. Okay. I have not. So Philip and I have, um, and I watched it about a week ago, <clears throat> two weeks ago or so, um, and then I told him about it, and then he binged it. I binged it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in some sense, like I, I am a, I was a huge fan of the first ones, and I think all of us have seen the first season of True Detective. Matthew McConaughey, brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Like, I absolutely loved the first season. It's probably, in my opinion, some of the best TV, one of the best TV shows ever written for the first season. Like, I absolutely love it. And I absolutely, I really like how they only encapsulated one season. Like, one season's one story. Like, it doesn't drag on. Like, the season, they only had eight episodes, and the eighth episode concluded everything, but there was such a good vibe in that whole. And he, even, the, yeah, even Woody Harrelson in the first season was oh, just, just, the, his, those two the, combined uh, the, the way the characters interacted even there's like two seasons where it's just about those two you know what i mean yeah. their relationship and what happened to them and you know what's going on in their lives like it, it's it's hilarious um but in some sense i absolutely like that so like the second season i was absolutely appalled like i <laughs> did not like the second season <laughs> Um, and not get, don't get me wrong. It was just out of the genre of what I was used to for true detective. Like it wasn't something that I was wanting. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I heard about season three, I was like, nope, there's no way. I saw the trailer. The trailer was more, uh, intriguing than I thought. I was like, okay. But then it just kind of fell off my radar until about oh, two or three weeks ago. And I watched it. It came up in my YouTube, YouTube, hashtag YouTube, hashtag algorithms. Um, <laughs> but it came up in my, uh, my uh, recommended feed, watch the trailer again. I'm like, you know what, I'll give it a try. Watch the first episode and I was hooked. Like the cinematography alone, but the story was there. It was very close to the beginning, but not, like the style of it, how they mm -hmm. jump. I still cannot get how they jump between and Marvel and every other film needs to take a look, uh, take a, uh, a hint at what they do here because I hate when you go to a Marvel film or any other film in that matter and they go, Columbus, Ohio, 2015, or uh, 1976, uh, Missouri, especially in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I absolutely hate when they put the subtitles up there. Like, I I don't like it. Like, if you look at what uh, True Detective does, they do color grades. Everything's about a color grade. Once they establish where something is, they never tell you where it is again. 
in a storyline and we're in timeline. You have they, to assume. Season one. You figure it out. The season one, they told you, hey, this is 1980, or uh, season three, episode one, See, this is 1980, this is 1990, this is 2015. Like, they told you... they told you, it in the script. They told you in the script once. Yeah. They put the sub down there telling you in a very small bracket saying this is what the year is, and then everything was about color grade and everything was about wardrobe and everything was about what was in his life and everything was about everything was about what he was doing like the the makeup who he was involved with like it it told a story in and of itself they never had to rehash what mm-hmm. year it was they never had to tell you what uh, where they were again like it never happened and i absolutely love that about their storytelling capability on, on true detective I want to tell before those two, before the other two start talking. There's a shot in the first episode. I'm pretty sure it's in the first episode, where um, the main character finds a peephole in the one of the the children's uh, or the kids' room, and or the little girl's room, I think. And there was a moment where he told his partner um, to go and, sh- and investigate and go mm-hmm. look at it. Well, his partner, there's a shot, and it's a profile shot. The, the actor bends down to get his eye to look through the people and there's light beaming through that that light and it's going up his shirt across his face and then it lands right on his on his eye and his uh, and it just it, it was like yes I absolutely love that shot and like it yeah it got me hooked through the rest of the season like the story alone but like how they shot the cinematography how the color grade was kind of mashed throughout the whole thing was very very interesting to say the least. And there's a lot of twists too. Like people that you thought were bad were good and you know they had people good reasons. People you thought were good were bad. Yeah. You know, so stuff you a, didn't think. Yeah. There's a lot of things that were a, a good twist. Yeah, in the the whole end film. was really just mm. Yeah. And there's a lot of depth in the character as well. Like the main yeah. character there's a lot of depth to him. There's so. a lot of real life behavior. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's real. Like it's not fake. The dialogue wasn't and, the dialogue wasn't forced yeah. The, it, it was just a good overall season. Props to the actors; season. they did. Oh fantastic yeah, I absolutely yeah, fantastic, amazing, amazing cast, amazing cast. So, for someone that's not, have you seen the? I think you've seen the trailer, right? Oh yeah, I've okay. seen the trailer. I've seen a couple of like clips. Clips, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think there was a season. shot in the third season that was super mind blowing. Mind blowing, like I lo- absolutely there's there's frames, like I would say frames. There's absolutely beautiful frames. Um, but there's not like that that uh, astounding shot in season one where there was like a nine minute take, you know, like yeah, when you're just Russ running like, around, Whoa. Russ no. is running around, busting into doors, carrying what, whatever that guy is, like shoot, like holding people and shooting them, and then finally jumps in the car and the car takes away. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't that shot which got hype over like all the filmmakers going, how the hell did they pull that off? Like um, there wasn't any of that. But Again, like, it was more about the story. Yeah. Which I absolutely, I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, I absolutely enjoyed that, and how he met his wife, and how that in- interacted, mm-hmm. and it was just, it was a, it was a super cool story to say the least. And his dementia or his uh, Alzheimer's, like yeah. in that sense, like I absolutely love how they tied that in, how it affected his interview. Purple haze. Yeah, purple haze. Like I, yeah, and him mm. being in the military, like it just fit. It absolutely fit, and uh, yeah. It was it was just a good story, so but for someone that's like outside, not seen, but just seen the trailer, what do you what would you think? Oh, 
I mean, I've got the same exact feeling. Like, I, I was left like a really bad taste in my mouth from the second season. Yeah. Like, I saw two episodes and I never watched it. I actually yeah. have no idea how the second season actually ends. Well, um, it gets it gets better on the fir- the further I, way. I, I just did not way. like it. Yeah. Uh, the first season's absolutely incredible. I mean, true, like True Detective is definitely one of the most. Like the first season is beautiful in its own right, and I think the fact they shot it all on film made like mm. even a bigger statement. It's mm-hmm. just it, it set set a tone for a TV series you haven't seen in a while. Um, well, but, there's there's very rare good TV shows that have good stories. Like I, I see, not just good stories, really good, good stories. stories, and something yeah. that keeps you locked on. Like I, I had a, I had a friend that said that they had never watched it, and they started it like. I would say three in the afternoon, and they started watching. It. He's like at four o'clock, and the, the the next morning he was still watching. He's like, I was tired as as hell, but he's like that ending or that ending of season eight and season one, or episode eight. He's like, I woke up, and he's like, there's a there's he's like there's so much to say. He's like, I was dead tired. He's like, I almost asleep, and he's like, I woke up and started sitting like sat up on my couch, watching that last episode, and and he was like, it amazed me that this was capturing my. He's like, I was I could feel it. And uh, that lot of la- la- last episode was just amazing in season yep. one, like absolutely amazing. Yep. yep. Um, but yeah, no, I I would be curious to see. And I just um, I've been I've I've actually been watching other TV series. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I I will I know at some point get around to it. And I'll watch the whole thing and I'll probably binge it. I'll probably take an entire <laughs> Saturday and just. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, no, I mean, I've heard I've heard much better re- reviews for it, and, and some of the actors I've actually been uh, been very interested in watch them specifically because I, I just think that there's some really good cast members, and like you said, I mean, you've already stated like it's it, they're great, so I can only assume that they're you know pretty fantastic, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just a lot of they had captured something from the first one with the color grades, mm-hmm. and that's what impresses me about the first one was so much is like the co- the difference of color grades between the 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 eras you know mm-hmm. and the wardrobes and the makeup and the how they shot it you know I, I i did a lot of research into like the whole matthew mcconaughey and him interviewing for that mm-hmm. and he had talked about a lot about the script but it was it was interesting about his take and i'll we'll try to link that it'd be interesting to link that below um because it's, it's super fascinating to me on how they shot that i i love studying anything that has a good story and how they shot it and how they did it and like when i find something like true detective it's like everything and anything i can get my hands on about how they t- how why they told it the way they did is super something or something i want to go after so i want to get better and that's you know you have to go after people learn yeah. from people that are doing great stuff so uh but yeah talking about uh tv shows um recently hulu has generously brought to me a very interesting TV series that I had never heard of and did not know existed called The Terror. Oh, I've heard of this one. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. What's so good about it? So, so uh, The Terror is... I uh, Man, how to describe this? So, I've seen a lot of TV shows that revolve around horror. I've seen, you know, obviously, uh, what's it called? American Horror Story. Uh, I've seen that. Um... <laughs> The Terror is, like, it, it's a drama series to start with. Um, everything's set under um, the, the guise of exploration and uh, uh, British Royal Captain uh, John Sir Franklin. Um, and the, the concept behind it is obviously, like, them going into the Arctic and they're trying to find passage up and around. And um, anyway, uh, I don't really know how to describe it because of just how 
well, first off, it's beautiful. I don't know how to push it. I don't know how they shot it. I don't know what they shot it on, but it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And one of my, like my, one of the things that I'm always blown away with by filmmakers is when they shoot entire TV series at night, because in the Arctic, they only get like, like 30 minutes of daylight. Whatsoever, or there'll be a co- there'll be multiple days of darkness and then multiple days of light. Well, yeah. like for an entire winter, it's dark. Yeah. There's no light, yeah. and so they film for like the story progresses for months without light whatsoever. There is no external light. So when they go out into the darkness, it's all dark. When they go anywhere, they have lanterns. When they just the overall technical side is absolutely beautiful, but strip strip all the way the the technical stuff. The story is so stinking good. I, I'm I'm the kind of person that like absolutely adores uh, scriptwriters that take scripts and they say we're not going to give the the, the listener or for example for this one the the, the watcher the any viewer. clue well yeah thank you the the viewer any clue whatsoever with what's going on like every single thing that happens within the film you're just going what why and those kind of films are the most satisfying to me and I think True Detective touched on that but for me specifically for the terror. Dude, I can't, I can't get enough. The, the overall storyline is literally filled with mystery. The entire single thing. And you're always asking yourself, okay, who the hell is the bad person? Like, who, who, who is the protagonist? Like, there is none. There, there is absolutely none. The whole thing is literally a journey. And you get to experience it from just the crew. Um, you know, and it, it's shocking to me that a, a film can take, you know, 150 people. 150 unique characters and put them onto two separate ships that are frozen into the ice and they live there for years in these ships and how they go through mental craze they go through they lose their minds they are attacked by this thing they can't describe they are fighting each other they are fighting the political sides of the ship you begin to realize like humans in general and it does such a good job of this it's the same feeling that you get from... I oh mean, there was a film uh, that was released uh, like five or six years ago that was about uh, people or an entire crew that was stuck in a submarine. And what, what ends up happening mm-hmm. is you realize it's like you take all of humanity and you stick it into a tight quarter with only a certain percentage of people and you begin to realize the, the unique and very distinct interactions that they have. Every single one of them affect all of the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. Now, one person does one thing and it affects everybody. You know, one person messes up, they get flogged, but that starts like uh, like a revolt amongst the men. All the, it's just it's shocking to me just how they were able to take so such a large story, condense it down to so little people, and then tell such an intense situation just through each individual's interaction with the cold trying to survive. Yeah. I mean, there's a scene where he takes the eyeglass and he reaches up to his eye like this, and he looks trying to find the people that were getting pulled away by this mysterious creature they can't name. It's massive, and it somehow is smart and intelligent. Mm-hmm. He pulls it up to his eye to look, and he does this, and it peels part of his eye off because of the cold. Like, and it's so detailed and it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful um, I know I've been raving about it for like a whole straight two minutes but I, I would highly suggest that people go watch it it's absolutely fantastic um, you, you know oh it's a ding ding <laughs> you know there are, there are times in a podcast where you just can't get rid of the little ding but it's always good when you're getting paid it's okay <laughs> it's alright um, but yeah so I mean anyway there was, there was my like 60 second rant on, on the terror so, uh, um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, I mean, if you guys get the chance, definitely go check out The Terror, um, and yeah, it's, it's just a fantastic, fantastic deal. Yeah, so. yeah, I might have to go take a look at it and see, 
You see me binge watching it the next like yeah. week. Oh, it's, it's like where's Philip? I I don't know where to go. I will I will have to say YouTube has something that's interesting because I will say some I will start watching yeah. it like a like a, uh, a, a YouTube channel like um, there's a guy and it's, it's random because I will start watching a guy called Kevin Rich, uh, Kevin Richin he, yeah. he runs a YouTube channel yeah. called Line Whisperer yeah. and I'm watching it. it's <laughs> super interesting and I, I get addicted to like really weird like shit when it comes to just like lions or even of alligators course you or, do. or yeah. sharks or shit like I absolutely love that type of stuff but I'm watch I've watched it for like probably like three or four months and I I, I went back and I started talking to Philip and he's watching Kevin Rich like he's like yeah it was in my recommended feed I'm like oh YouTube <laughs> <laughs> stop, yeah. stop stop it, it. stop you, it you know they're listening they're listening brothers. or they're like oh these oh, are brothers this is push like you yeah. watch start watching a YouTube channel called the Goon Squad like they yeah. just build cars and like I got it in my recommended feed yep. and now <laughs> that's I can't how stop I got it. it yeah I, I haven't watched it though. <laughs> I haven't watched it though I stand, I can't it's stop like hey well this dumbass likes this we'll give the other two this yeah but um um, yeah, works. At, at, yeah. At the end of the day, thank you guys for watching or listening. I should say. Um, wow, Curtis. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they're on YouTube, they're watching it. I mean, they're just watching our logo go up and down, and seeing the bars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening, um, and uh, we'll catch.